1: Welcome to Space Floor MBA Podcast. My name is Connor. And I'm Connor Flattery. Second official episode. Today, first we're talking about, we're just reacting to Bleacher Report released in the Awards of the Decade, where they talked about a bunch of different moments and different awards and just the highlights of the decade. We're going to react to it, give our opinions, and if we agree or disagree. And then later in the episode, we're going to talk about the all-decade team, just giving our first, second, and third team of the decade. Not factoring in anything that may have happened in the past or anyone's future potential. So to talk about the the Bleacher Report Awards of the Decade, the the awards we have are MVP of the decade, best team, series, game, shot, trade, signing, coach, and defensive player. I think their defensive or their MVP, LeBron James, we're not even going to talk about that. Of course. Best best player. A lot of rings, a lot of finals appearances, everything.
0: If you if you want to give Steph Curry the nod, I think you're wrong. There's a there's a case to be had, and honestly, I'm a little bit surprised that you of all people I wouldn't wouldn't say that there's at least a, like a, a case to be made. But I I am one thousand percent for LeBron for MVP of the decade.
1: I don't think LeBron would be unanimous. There's, okay. There's only a, there's only one unanimous. That's, you know Steph. Shut sure. up. Shut <laughs> <laughs> up.
0: <laughs> uh, okay, true. Nice reference, but uh, but yeah, I actually think it's a good analogy. He he deserves to be MVP. Maybe maybe one or two wrong voters will we'll give Steph Curry the nod instead. But it's yeah. LeBron James. Yeah. Moving next on. up,
1: next up, best team of the decade. I also think this is pretty obvious. It's the mm-hmm. Warriors. They did it just just like the the best franchise of the decade. Personally, for me, I like I think it's the Warriors. They won they won the most rings think they had they had the most wins in the season they also had probably the most dominant team when KD joined well I think yeah, how can you forward. how
0: can you set the win record 73 and 9 and not be considered the best team of the decade I don't know if they mean one like uh, like single season team or uh as you said like the franchise or anything I, I don't know there's a lot of different ways you could take it but kind of across all categories I agree it, it
1: belongs to the Warriors what do you think this is just off the dome? What do you think is the best single season of the decade
0: uh, once again, it's hard to to argue that a seventy three and nine regular season isn't it, at, at least the, least the greatest of a, yeah at least the greatest of the decade um they didn't win a ring but that is the that is the little side note is like uh, it's pretty hard to call them the greatest team of the decade if they didn't win the ring i I agree with that um so, undoubtedly, that 73-9 that team is the greatest regular season team of the decade. Um, if we're talking about the greatest team overall, then maybe you have to give it to the Spurs um, when they won the championship with Kawhi Leonard as the Finals MVP or LeBron James, Miami Heat.
1: Um, I was just thinking Warriors two years later, just with KD. They I'm like listing. I'm listing other more.
0: championship teams, right? But
1: the KD uh, Warriors also.
0: I, I agree. I, I so I was going to get to them, obviously, because I, I I do think they're the right choice. I think my argument would be that if you don't say the seventy three and nine Warriors, then it would be the Warriors with Kevin Durant. And even though they didn't win as many regular season games, I I think without really a shadow of a doubt, the Warriors with Kevin Durant and without Harrison Barnes and whoever else are a better team, um, regardless of what the regular season numbers would imply. Um, I think they'd already proven a lot of what they needed to prove, but they came back with a vengeance in the finals where he counted and won the ring. So even, even over pick, take your pick at the Warriors teams, I guess is my point. I think that you're going to take one of those teams over a LeBron James team, a Spurs team, even like the thunder with Russell Westbrook and Kevin Durant or something like that. I don't even, I, I don't think it's really that much of a debate.
1: Yeah. Next up, we have the greatest series of the decade, and this is a playoff series. Obviously, factors that go into this are how many games it went, how close were the games, if there are any defining moments, how exciting it was, how good the teams were. Because, like, even if it's like, even if it's like, and like an exciting four or five matchup, like, you no, know, mm-hmm. like a first round match, no one's really, no one's really caring about that. So, their pick was the twenty sixteen finals, where. LeBron and the Cavs come back down 3-1 in, in a seven-game series versus the Golden State Warriors. What are your thoughts? Because I did not have this. I did not have the 2016 finals.
0: I don't know if I can think of a, of a series that will be more memorable um, in terms of, like, going down in history, the LeBron, James Block, and the Kyrie Irving uh, shot to come back from down 3-1. Um, Cleveland, this is for you. That whole thing is the most iconic series of the decade to me. Now, I heard a funky diabetic who I, I sort of made the recommendation for this episode idea based on, a video, on the video he did reacting to the same list. He made a point, which I thought was really interesting, which was that the box score of these games, most of them were like 15-point blowouts. It wasn't yeah, actually – he agree. didn't That's actually have I as think. many – super great like game by game. It was more the arc of the series is so memorable. So I, I, I think I'm still going to agree that that as a series as a whole, this has to go down as the best. But I don't know that like if you look at it one game at a time, it's really that exciting. It's more so just that coming back from down 3-1 was so thrilling and the 73-9 and nine thing and all of that.
1: Yeah, but for me, I disagreed with this because – what you said games one through six were pretty much all blowouts the The closest one was like an 11 point loss in like game two or something but the rest were like, like 15 point victories and so I, I don't really remember anything about those games except Draymond getting suspended which I guess is just another memorable thing however I have just jumping ahead I have the game the 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 game seven of this finals as my best game of the decade okay but the the game seven itself of course it's the most important game in a series but it isn't the series so that's why I went I, I think a lot of people were saying oh the the other option here is the Miami Heat coming back from down three two I didn't take that one either I took the 2016 western conference finals because you have the same comeback from 3 1. You have a same memorable performance with, with Clay Thompson, mm. um, like going off in game six. However, I just think the, I can remember more games in that series. I cannot remember anything about games one through six of, of the NBA Finals in 2016. I only remember that last game seven. And that's why that's my, that's my game of the decade. But I just think the series as a whole was better in the Western Conference Finals because I would almost say it's a, it's a little bit more evenly matched. It's a bit more you almost don't know who's going to win. Like, it, it could be either side. Anyone could just go off for 40. You have four players on the court, like Westbrook, KD, Clay, and Steph, who could just go off for 40 randomly, and every game was just a high-powered offensive game. Meanwhile, like, those other games are just – they were good, but especially like, even game seven was sloppy. So that's why I'm going with the 2016 Western Conference Finals.
0: That also has the iconic moment of Steve Kerr not calling the timeout and Steph Curry hitting the super deep three, correct?
1: No, that was a, that was a regular season game. That what? Are you sure? Yeah. All
0: right. So I my know. memory it of the series I is I wish.
1: Wrong. That would have been sick. Like, that's all right, my, that's, that might be my favorite shot of all time.
0: It's, that's a pretty incredible clip. So it's okay. So I'm wrong about about what I guess happened in that series. I don't. I would have to do my research on what really happened. I do not really remember that. I was not watching that series all that closely. Um, although I watched the 2016 finals a lot more closely. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I I think that I'm gonna give it to as I said that that 2016 finals of a series because of that arc more so than the game by game thing. So game the legacy seven of it.
1: Yeah, Game 7 was was my pick for for game the game, game of the decade because of the legacy. Though I feel like the only other game would really be the, the the game where Ray Allen hits the three. But I it's a Game 7. It was so much more. It like I can rem, I can remember the last 5 minutes of that game. I'll remember that, I'll remember that in 5 years, you know where mm-hmm. I don't really I don't I like I understand I was younger but I don't really remember what happened in in game 6 of that game you know besides the shot
0: yeah uh, i i agree um i think that as, as as you mentioned like the last 5 minutes of that there was there was a whole sequence of plays leading up to like the buzzer sounding and the, and the and the, and the ch- them winning the championship beyond just that Kyrie Irving shot it was like it was the block, then the shot, then Kevin uh, uh Kevin Love clamping up Steph Curry. I mean, say what you want, but that was an impressive defense to say the least. Um it, that entire sequence, I think regardless of what happened for the rest of the game before that, is the most in- impressive noteworthy um intense 5 minutes of basketball. I mean, Those what those clips that we just talked about are less than five minutes. They're last two minutes maybe, but the most impressive, or or, sorry, intense two minutes of the decade for sure. Um, So uh, once again, this the Bleacher Report article has it as Game Six of the twenty sixteen Western Conference Finals, um, the series that you brought up, and so they had essentially your best game and best series flipped. I'm going to go with the twenty sixteen Finals for both best series and. Game
1: seven is the best game. Okay, so they have the Ray Allen shot in 2013 Game six of the Finals, Heat versus Spurs. I agree. Yeah. Because while Kyrie Irving also has the the three pointer on Steph Curry, I think the shot is better because even though it's a Game six, it's still elimination. It it would be it would be another thing if like if it was like two two, you know.
0: It's also, there's an effect of LeBron James just missed, Chris Bosch got the rebound, and then Ray Allen hit it. And this isn't like, like Ray Allen isn't the, the one that they wanted to take the last shot. He wasn't the one that they drew up the play for and fed it to the way that they isolated Kyrie Irving on probably the worst defender or the worst perimeter yeah. defender on the court for the Warriors at the time being Steph Curry. I don't remember who else was on the court, but you'd rather have, uh, Steph Curry on Kyrie Irving and Clay Thompson. But it finds its way to Ray Allen, who – I mean, Chris Bosh was better. Dwayne Wade was better. LeBron James was better. And it finds its way to Ray Allen, and then it goes in, and that's what saves the series in game six. And that was such a ma- major turning point.
1: I think the shot itself was more difficult, too, because, mm. like, I don't, I don't know – Stepping back. Yes, right, yes. To get behind get the, the back three-point line. Backpedaling after, keep in mind after he's played like thirty five minutes, yeah. in, in 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 the in the last level of the playoffs. So he he's played almost a hundred games this year, and he's old, and and he this is this is it. The Miami Heat are dead if he misses this. And he just dude backpedaling into a shot is just the hardest shot as a hooper, and he just the the, the
0: the awareness to get both feet behind the line was unreal, and it was heavily, heavily contested as well. Um, Not that Kyrie Irving's wasn't, and not that wasn't a high degree of difficulty shot, um, but it was almost, there's something a little bit extra behind the Ray Allen shot, as in it was last second, it was the second option, whereas Kyrie Irving was, that was the, that was, everybody knew that was the shot they were going to get once, the court spread out. It was like he had five seconds to like count down and think about what he was going to do, set up, make the move, and then hit the shot. And the game wasn't over. Then they had to get one more game. Exactly. There there
1: were, there was 50 seconds left where Ray Allen, there was five.
0: So, so the Kyrie Irving shot was the dagger, but it wasn't, it wasn't game over in the same, like, like it was, it became the dagger in that they got the defensive stop after that. But if, the, if something had fallen the right way for the Warriors after that, it wouldn't necessarily have sealed the game. Kind of like, if you remember, I mean, I, I'm a Villanova basketball fan. it stand out to me. Um, I forget who it was, but in the UNC Villanova National Championship game, yes, hit one of the most impressive what should have been game winners ever. Like college basketball, high school Ridiculous. basketball, professional wrestle, whatever. Unbelievable shot. If you don't know what we're talking about, go back and find that shot. But it didn't go down in history as the most important shot of that game or of that series or that tournament because Chris Jenkins Chris came Chris down. Jenkins. The, the toss back from Ryan Archie bang for the national championship. And so that just as easily could have happened to the Warriors, but it didn't. Um, and, and, so that, and so essentially the, the equivalent of the Marcus Page shot Became the Kyrie Irving, the shot.
1: Chris Jenkins, that's the shot of the decade. Whew. Like, yeah, man. Just that—that's some real. The, the ball but... went in. The ball went in the hoop after the buzzer sounded. Like yeah. it was. Ridiculous. Yeah. That's that's a that's a kid's dream. If Shout not out if to if
0: Villanova not... basketball, my boy Ryan Archdiak now. And Chris now Jenkins.
1: On the Bulls, making making a career on the Bulls. But anyway.
0: So, like, that was a very long way of saying I, I agree. I think it's the Ray Allen shot. The the other one that I want to give an honorable mention to, though, um, Damian Lillard, Damian Lillard's shot in the conference finals last year to Paul George, my guy. Um, Dude, that was also one of, one of
1: the best decisions in my young life is staying up on a on a school night when I had to test the next day to watch Damian Lillard close the series or his Paul George, because the thing is. I think it went was it in double overtime? Was it in single overtime? I'm pretty sure it was in overtime. I'm not sure
0: I'm not sure I'm not sure I'd have to look it up but
1: I don't I, I, I think I don't it know. did. And and if it didn't it just like the game went a lot longer than you would expect and I was like well I've invested this much time I can't just go to bed now you know. Yeah. And it was yeah. just, <laughs> as, as a Damian the Lord fan it was just dream <laughs> i i have the video i just i'm like i'm like holding the camera it's shaking i'm like whimpering <laughs> and then i just like lose I, my mind
0: I, i've seen that video <laughs> a bunch of times because it gets passed around or a friend group but if it, it, you try not to wake up everybody in here in your apartment building <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> after that shot goes in yeah oh yeah. so that deserves that deserves a shout out even though i think at the end of the day the ray allen shot is still the best shot of the decade
1: yeah Damian Lillard has close – he's one of, like, only, like, four players or something. I I was going to say – Is it two players? It's him I, and, I, I, Jordan don't and it's him, I, I don't know what you're saying. Him, him, Jordan, and, like, one or two other guys are, like, are two of the only people – or he's one of, like, the only three or four to hit two mm. series-ending buzzer beaters.
0: I was going to – so as soon as you started saying that, the, the other shot – he other game or series-winning shot he hit – popped into my it popped into my mind. Um,
1: over Chandler so gonna say that.
0: And it it was the one that was identical to the Brandon Roy one. Um, yeah. where, he, where he comes around, he's clapping
1: at the top of the arc. Boom. Apparently shoot. I I may be making this up, but I'm pretty sure he wasn't supposed to get the ball. I have I'm no pretty idea. I'm pretty sure the, the way it's looked I'm is sure he of, was yeah. like he he was like he was like the second option, I think. Because if you look, well Marcus Aldridge is on the I was block say. alone. And I think it just, like, he was kind of like, I don't know. But then he just saw Chandler Parsons was asleep, so he just bolted right away.
0: Yeah, genius.
1: Sick. All right, right. so next up, trade of the decade. Mm. There's really only two ways you could go with this. You either go hard into the Rockets. I think you got traded in, like, I don't know, like 2012 or something. For basically not that much, like Jeremy Lamb and a pick or something. That turned out to be nothing. Mm. Or and then in return you get a perennial all NBA player, um, who's an MVP and all this stuff. Or I guess you could go, Kawhi Leonard got traded from the Spurs, no, from the Pacers to not a lot of people know oh. this. He he got traded from the Pacers to the Spurs yeah. on draft night. And Kawhi Leonard goes on to be multiple multiple time all star multiple-time All-NBA, and a Finals MVP. And that this, team wins two rings. I'm going
0: gonna, I'm gonna to throw in a third option, which is the option that's my choice. The other trade this decade that involves Kawhi Leonard. The Toronto Raptors traded oh. for one season of Kawhi Leonard, but it directly led them to a championship. And so say what you want about the James Harden trade, that never led to a championship this decade. It led them to a lot of wins, some successful teams. But the one trade that you can most directly point to this decade and say that won them the championship was Kawhi Leonard going, from, going to the Raptors. They went from a team that was the number one seed multiple, multiple, multiple years in a row but could never get past LeBron. LeBronto became a meme in the NBA because of how bad he would school them even if they won a lot more regular season games. They get rid of their star player, their leading scorer for the last however many years, all-star starter DeMar DeRozan. They took advantage of the opportunity they had and, the spur, and Kawhi Leonard wanting out. Um, they took a gamble on that. Kawhi Leonard might not stick around, and he didn't, but they made the most out of that one year and won the championship. It took a lot of other moving parts to get there, right? I took a breakout season from Pascal Siakam, a big performance from Fred Van Vliet in the, in the playoffs. Like a, He really stepped to the to the plate. Um, An they traded for Marc Gasol as well. Uh, Kyle Lowry kind of broke his streak of poor playoff performances, but I think it all revolves around one trade and that was the, the Leonard trade. And so I'm going to go with that as my trade of the decade.
1: Okay. I, I think that just in my mind, the, there's just more val You, you get more value out of a player, like a player who is a five-time all-star, no matter what gives you more value than a one-time all-star, but that's, that's a, that's a misconception because you're right. Cause like, the goal of that player being an all-star is to bring a championship.
0: Yeah. Uh, Now there's a different way you could look at that, which is that in terms of money made, the the Rockets being a perennial playoff contender, um, James Harden selling jerseys in Houston for five years, being an MVP. Um, James Harden has done a lot for the city of Houston over a much longer period of time. And so in terms of like money in their pocket, Houston probably made more bank off of the James Harden trade than the, than the Raptors did. But uh, I mean, and I guess the NBA is a business. And so at the end of the day, like from the owner's perspective, the James Harden trade might've been better, but I think from a fan's perspective, from a management perspective, I guess, from a winning, I, I shouldn't say management because management is also involved in making money. That's kind of the number one purpose from a, from a winning basketball perspective which I think is what you make a trade for at the end of the day. That's what I, how I look at it um, from a fan perspective. I think that you have to say the Kawhi Leonard trade.
1: Okay. I, again, I'm just going back to, I think what Harden has given Houston yeah. is, just, is just, it's more in quantity and it's not, it's definitely not less in quality either. Like, I, I, I even, think it even, is. Even last season, even last season when Kawhi Leonard led the Raptors to the championship, Kawhi was second team All NBA. You know who was first team All NBA? James James Harden.
0: Harden. Kawhi Leonard is a playoffs performer more than a regular season performer. I think the opposite is true for James Harden. um, Is I guess what my my answer to that would be. That those are pretty general. That's a pretty general comment, but, um, like, I think that Kawhi Leonard has a very legit argument for being the best player in the league, and he still hasn't ever won an MVP or really been an MVP conversations. If he played the way that he played in the playoffs and the finals, the way that he, in the regular season, then he would be, uh, he would have been an MVP um, conversation this year, last year, and basically the last handful of years that he's been healthy. Um, So I see what you're saying. Quantity, it goes to James Harden, but I, I don't think that there's any more quality than, than winning a championship and bringing that to Toronto. I, okay. I don't think there can be. So I think that, that that side goes to Kawhi Leonard. And so it's a matter of opinion, perspective, but
1: that's where I got to give the best trade of the decade to. Okay. So you have Kawhi to the Raptors. I have Harden to the Rockets. All right. Except the best signing of the decade, this is binary. It's either LeBron to Miami or KD to the Warriors. I think that there's a certain standard just with opinions and perspective and perception of, of, of something's value. When like, like if, if, if someone does something amazing and then a few, a few days later, just later down the timeline, someone else does that same amazing thing. It's just seemed as it just seems less important, you know, like Russell Westbrook having, averaging a triple double for the second time. No one cared. As a, for the first time, it was the biggest narrative. Um, I don't know. Just if someone breaks a running record, and then someone else ties that running, ties that running record, or gets a slower time, but it still breaks the record, that's less yeah. important. So I, yeah. would, I would say that, using that analogy, LeBron did it first. LeBron made this controversial move that everyone hated him for, but it was best for him. And then Katie did the exact same thing. Although it's just a little bit more controversial because the warriors were were better already. Um, and it's it was all in the name of player, players first, um, player freedom. But I feel like LeBron already did that. So I feel like the most important and also just the most iconic yeah. signing is, is Miami.
0: Yeah, going back to my logic from the 2016 finals, I have to stick with that and and say that the legacy iconic signing will go down as this the decision from lebron um and and as you brought up the lasting impact it had on the league it it started what has become a trend of players using their persona to make decisions about what's best for their career it he wasn't the first one he, he hasn't really demanded a trade out of anywhere because he's always just used unrestricted free agency as a way to move where he wants to go but i think that's related in that I don't think we would have seen Kawhi Leonard one out of the Spurs or uh, like Paul George one out of Indiana, if it hadn't been for LeBron James going to the heat that summer. Um, So I'm with you on this one
1: and the article. Yeah. Yeah. And I also agree with the article for coach of the year. I just put Greg Popovich. Mm -hmm. I think the other, the two other candidates would probably be Steve Kerr and Eric Spolstra the the mm-hmm. coaches are warriors and for lebron's heat i think uh pop is definitely just a better quality coach than than uh than steve kerr and i think he's just still done more than spolstra and is probably better than spolstra so that that's why i had pop
0: agreed yeah i i would say i w- i think kerr is a closer second than um than spolstra but i think that they both lose out to
1: pop in the end. Okay, and lastly, this was the hardest one for me probably, just cuz it was a little bit more it, it was a little bit more concrete because I, like best series is just opinion. Yeah. But the, the best defensive player of the decade. It's between two people, right? It's yeah. between Draymond Green and Kawhi Leonard. Just to read over the accolades. Both have led the NBA in steals one time. Both have been all defensive first team three times. Both have been all defensive second team twice. However, Draymond Green has one defensive player of the year and Kawhi Leonard has three. Or No, sorry. Kawhi Kawhi Leonard has two. Yeah. So identical, pretty much defensive resumes, except for an extra defensive player of the year. So, with that being said, tell me yours.
0: Um, in in contrast to the articles' uh, decision to to give it to Draymond Green, I'm going to go with Kawhi Leonard. Um, and to to make my thirty second case, I think Kawhi Leonard is the single best defender um, the league has seen this decade. On the per- I mean, on the perimeter, in the post, kind of all around, but when you're talking about one player, I think it goes to Kawhi Leonard. Uh, I think Draymond Green probably wins out in team defense and, um, and and taking an already good defensive team to the next level um, and, and being very consistent in taking them to multiple championships. But I think that we've seen Kawhi in multiple different scenarios be not only the best defender on his roster, uh, which I think Draymond Green probably was. Um, he definitely was. But also, I, I, consistently, I think the best defender in the league, shutting down the league's best. Um, so I, th- I think when I'm giving it to one player, I give it to Kawhi because we're not talking about the best defending team because maybe that goes to the Warriors or something. But, uh, but when we're talking about one player, I think Kawhi makes a bigger impact on the defensive side of the basketball than Jermon Green does.
1: So I'm going Draymond.
0: Mm, I'm not surprised, but...
1: I think that I, I concede concede Kawhi Leonard this decade is the, best, is the best on-ball defender. Yeah. I think Draymond Green is the best team defender. Mm-hmm. However, when we're talking about this, I think that, especially when we're not talking about a big man, especially, because the only case of, of a defensive player turning a bad defensive team into a decent or a good one is if they're a big man, just based off of them always being close to the basket, them having a better chance to alter shots all the time because of layups and dispositioning. But when you're talking about two non-centers, I think that the on-ball stuff is still important, right? But I I do think – and I do think it's because Draymond Green isn't exactly like a rim protector. He's not just swatting kids.
0: But – He did at points. He, To his credit, he did at
1: points. Yeah, but I'm just saying he's not like a Rudy. He's not a Rudy Gobert. He plays a very like,
0: different role because I, I think if I were to make any argument for Draymond Green, which of course I am not, um, my number one word would my best friend would be versatility. Yeah. He can be your on ball defender and your rim protector. Um he can he can be a jack of all trades in the defensive end that can guard basically every position and every yeah. type of player in the King
1: guard he King can guard one through five, which which yeah. is I also think that when you're talking about defender like when you're talking about a, a best blank, you do have to look at influence, right? Because since the Warriors started Draymond Green and became a defense player of the year, by being able to switch onto guards in the pick and roll, switch onto smaller guys, switch onto bigger guys, it it just it neutralizes the pick and roll. And for context, the pick and roll is used like six, there there are like sixty pick and rolls per game in the NBA or something like that. Like like more than half of possessions have a pick and roll. And so when you neutralize that, that, that in itself just has a huge, huge impact. So I think that is the primary thing. I also think that through, through that versatility, you've seen other teams do that because you see the Rockets just going completely small, which has something to do with offense, but it also has something to do with being able to just switch everything. The, his you, impact you, you, on the
0: game allowed, allowed the Golden State Warriors to go small ball and has now allowed other teams to experiment with that
1: as well. And that has to do with offense, but I think that you just see I, so I mean, many defensively. more. You, you but, see so many more shooting guards, small forward, power forwards. It's just like it doesn't matter who they are, as long as they're long and athletic, so they can guard shooting guards, small forward, power forward, and kind of centers and kind of point guards. Well, I, I,
0: what I mean is that people would have said ten years ago, before this decade. Um, there's no way you can run without a center because your defense will be horrible. I, Draymond Green is what, 6'6", six, six? so you can yeah. hardly call him a center even if he plays there sometimes. That death lineup where he was starting at center was one of the best defensive teams, like, yeah, decade, ever. Um, and so, essentially it showed in the modern NBA, like, you can have a dang good defensive team that doesn't have a seven footer on it, or even somebody who's six, seven on it. Um, I guess Iggy probably would have been like six, eight or something like that. But um, so, so, so I, what I mean is like when the, when the Rockets made that decision this year, they did it for offensive re- reasons. They did it so they could basically run five out and Russell Westbrook could penetrate. Um, but they didn't have to worry so much about the defensive end because Draymond Green has already shown that if you have a Robert Covington Um, kind of safety, it can work out.
1: Yeah, I also feel like Draymond makes his, just like we talk about point guards, like, oh, yeah, LeBron makes his teammates better. Well, Draymond is the defensive equivalent of that if I've ever seen one. You know, not only is it just versatility is kind of like almost the equivalent of playmaking ability, but... I feel like I feel like he's a more verbal defender than Kawhi Leonard, and not just because like of oh, course yeah, Kawhi he is. yeah, okay, no, no, so. but n- but not only because like oh, Kawhi doesn't talk, but talking on defense is better than a lot of just other components. It's it's better. It's literally it's better than lateral quickness. Just if you're if you're a guy who is playing a power forward, so you can see everything, is Draymond Green is an all time chatter like on your left on your right and that that just helps that just enhances the entire team play and i I know it's minute i know it just seems unimportant but i think that's something that would put you over the hump you know just because it's just it's very helpful as as a guard or as a wing to have someone who has an insane basketball iq just letting you know what to do i feel i just Kawhi just doesn't do that
0: it's true uh one, one thing that I think – now, it's a little bit of a stretch maybe um, because we're talking about defensive player. But I think that Kawhi carries an offensive load that, to be very frank, Draymond Green doesn't even approach. And that is, of course, going to help Draymond Green's defensive capabilities because all he has to worry about basically is playing great defense and then helping to start a break. He
1: I think doesn't have to go down and be –
0: yeah. yeah. So, so, so this, this award of the decade is about your defensive being the de- best defensive player. Um, I, what I guess I'm saying for Draymond Green and I say about Draymond Green and Clay Thompson quite a bit is that I think that so much of their success has to be attributed to their situation that I'm hesitant to give them as much praise as some people give them to put, like, to be, to be honest. Um, like, this is I'm a not, big trend.
1: I'm not Let's as willing
0: to jump on Draymond Green as the defensive player of the decade because I think that if you told if you put Kawhi in Draymond Green's shoes and said, all we need you to do is just like be everywhere on defense. Um, you don't have to guard the other team's best perimeter player because we're gonna put Klay Thompson on them. So just be like a free safety that creates havoc, starts a break, and we only need to score nine points per game and like six assists. I, I I think Kawhi Leonard would have been better at than Draymond Green at that same thing. Um minus what you talked about, which was his like vocal leadership. You would have had to found have find you would have had to have find found a different like leader in the locker room um and leader on the defensive end and and like uh I guess engine that makes it all run. But I think that Kawhi Leonard's value would have been greater, but that's a bit of a stretch. Um, that is, I'm not sure that it's getting into the situation makes it a very good gray area argument. So to keep it very straightforward, I just think that Kawhi Leonard is the best on ball defender in the league. Um, well, a lot of what, uh, uh, of the decade, um, in the league, um, I think that a lot of what Jeremy, a lot of Jeremy Green's value with as an off ball defender, which is of course important, but I think that Kawhi Leonard was not given the same privilege of being allowed to be an off ball defender. Um, even yeah. though he played on very good defensive teams like pop Spurs and uh, last year's Raptors who had Pascal Siakam and whatever. Um, I, I think he had to carry a lot more of the load. And I still think that he was the better on ball defender. Okay. So, uh, but but, uh, kudos to Draymond Green because I, I I do think this is a very important argument to be had, and I think it's two man race.
1: So you have Kawhi, I have Draymond. To mm-hmm. to summarize, let's go down the list. Okay. MVP. We both have LeBron. LeBron. Team. We both have the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Series. I have 2016 Western Conference Finals. 2016 NBA Finals. For game, I have 2016 Finals Game 7. You also have that. Same, yeah. For shot, we both have Ray Allen. For trade, I have Harden to the Rockets. I have Harden, sorry, Kawhi to the Raptors. For signing, we both have LeBron to Miami. For coach, we both have Greg Popovich. For defensive player of the year, I have Draymond Green. I have Kawhi. You have Kawhi Leonard. All right, so now that concludes our Bleacher Report Awards of the Decade. Now we're going to the All-Decade team. We are pretty much just—we disassemble just a team: two guards, two forwards, and a center for That's, first. That team, is that is different
0: quarters. than what a lot of lists you'll find on the internet will do. Um, a lot of a lot of people did it the way that the All Star game is going now, which is just two backcourt, three frontcourt. But uh, we kind of came up with this format because I didn't like the idea of having Kevin Durant uh LeBron James and Kawhi Leonard all in the same front court because that's a team that could never really like play together. I mean, sure, that would be a fantastic team, but it's just not how you really run it in the NBA. Now that goes against the whole small ball thing we were just talking about, but this decade would never have featured really a team that didn't have anybody that plays center.
1: None of those guys have ever
0: really played center in their career. At all. Yeah. Yeah. So we wanted to have one center.
1: Yep. So I think the first team is by far the easiest. I right. have, just tell me, if, tell me if I'm wrong. We're we're gonna read a lot of accolades, not for this first team. Point guard Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Shooting shooting guard James Harden. Yep. Small forward LeBron James. No duh. Power forward Kevin Durant. Of course. And then for center. I originally had Dwight Howard, but right before we changed this ep- we started this episode. I changed it to Anthony Davis. I have Anthony Davis. Do you? Okay, so yeah. did you always have Anthony Davis?
0: Yeah. With well, yeah, that never really was a question. Uh, you'll see a little bit as I go down this list. I one of the things I value was uh, valued was longevity, um, and and so Anthony Davis has been an All Star, I think, seven times this decade, if not seven and six. All-star.
1: Boy, Howard has only been a four-time All-Star.
0: This yeah, and he's averaged over 20 points per game in all but one season that he's played this decade. Um, it, the first being his rookie season, uh, which was 2013-2014. So basically, played the vast majority that I think played like seven, eight seasons this decade too. Um, uh, one of the most dominant scorers uh, at the center position. I think he he might be the best scorer from the center position. Uh, the decade, I and, and is up there defensively. Uh, okay, maybe talk about Rudy his whatever, game,
1: but. yeah, his offensive game is just—it's one of the most versatile ever for yeah. a big. He can he can shoot the midy, he can shoot the three if needed, and he's just he's but he still has Dwight Howard-esque strength. I would yeah. say Dwight Howard's probably a little stronger, but he he just he has a normal dominant center traditional center frame. An inside game, frankly, and he can, but he can just go for 50 randomly, which he does. People forget, just Anthony Davis sometimes just puts up crazy stat lines. Yeah. He has, like, he just has, he has like a few games where he's just like, oh, yeah, Anthony Davis has dropped like 53 and 17 rebounds.
0: Yeah, no. the, the, the one criticism of having Anthony Davis on first team would be lack of success. Every other one of these guys has led their team to the conference finals at least. Um, as the best player on their team. Anthony Davis is not, but I would like to remind you that the Pelicans teams that he, were on, he was on were horrendous. Like, yeah, I think like, he's made
1: the second round once, but that yeah. was not his fault. <laughs> so lack of playoff success is
0: is fair criticism, but I don't think that he's ever really been given the opportunity until this year on the Lakers,
1: and of course, that was cut short. Honestly, I didn't really factor playoff success that much into this list? Uh, I, I did, but
0: once again, I think that a more important thing to me was like, I, I, we're taking this as a decade as a whole. And so when we're taking an all decade team, I'm looking at all 10 years, not just who is the best at any point this decade.
1: Okay. One other thing that we forgot to mention this is very important. By all decade team, we are starting in the 2010-2011 uh, season. And going through this season. Yeah. And going through this season so so 20 2009 to 2010 that for context that is when Kobe and the Lakers beat Paul Pierce and the Celtics that does not count yeah we're, we're not counting that yeah so um in, in another world Kobe Bryant would have seven all-stars this decade he only has six because we're not we're not including 29-2010 so all right so said, I pretty much agree.
0: You know, we agree on the yeah. first team,
1: but yeah, we have the let's first move on team. to the second team. Let's move on to second team. Guards, I have Westbrook and CB3. Same here. Honestly, yeah, we were talking, uh, I think the first team and second team guards were probably, the easiest, par- they were probably yeah. the easiest part of this whole thing. Yeah. So um, at the forwards, I have Kawhi Leonard. Yep. And who, by the way, is only a four-time all-star this decade. That's, shocking. Um, he got late start
0: and he was injured. So uh, yeah, it's not, he's he's as
1: many all-stars as Giannis. But like we consider Giannis is like, Oh, he's still growing or something. Yeah. He's younger is one thing, but for the power forward, I do have Giannis. Okay. I I,
0: I do not. I, I will say, I guess my power forward is Carmelo Anthony. Really? Once again, go back, go back to longevity. If you look at all NBA teams, I think Carmelo might have like seven this decade. Um, Connor, you're wrong.
1: Really? Dude, Carmelo Anthony has one all NBA second team and one all NBA third team. And that's it.
0: So I must have been looking at that super wrong. Okay. Um,
1: Anyway, I I, I still am going to, I don't. Which was shocking by the way. Like, like if. Without checking, I was like, oh, yeah, Melo probably had, like, four All-NBA I must teams. Have, I
0: must have mixed up his All-Stars and All-NBA team or something. Um, yeah,
1: he has seven all, All-Stars. Okay, yeah. So,
0: either way, he has been one of the best scorers in the league, basically, for the entire decade. Um, one scoring title. Well, yeah, one scoring title. But uh, even though he never uh, – you could say the same thing about criminal Anthony that we did for Anthony Davis, which is that lack of playoff success, sort of um, – he had he had one like i guess what what would it be uh second did he make the third round with the knicks he made or just, he made the
1: second round, so he lost did not in the second round yeah in the in the like a uh, the pacer series, but it was close. yeah,
0: i mean, so he lack of playoff success, sure, um was he great defensively, not by any means, but uh, He was such a prolific scorer um, for such a large chunk of the decade that I think that he deserves a spot on the second team over Giannis. Um, Either way, I I was wrong with the All-NBA teams, but the longevity thing still stands, which is that um, when you look at the decade as a whole, um, I I think that Carmelo Anthony deserves a spot here. And I I, I have Giannis on my third team, spoiler alert, but I'm going to put uh, Carmelo above him because. I think as a as a whole, this decade, he's accomplished more. Even though I think that at his best, Giannis was, of course, far better than Carmelo Anthony was. But I know that this is what that's what this is about.
1: I just moved up Giannis um, right before we started this mm. in exchange for someone else who's on my third team, who was actually not Carmelo Anthony. All right, um, but move up a center my, for a second team, right? Yeah, my my center is Dwight Howard.
0: All right. Uh, I I don't have Dwight
1: Howard here either. I have LaMarcus Aldridge. Um, Oh, in my mind, I just thought he was a forward. Even though we we did talk that he could play center.
0: Yeah, Um, I I put both Anthony Davis and LaMarcus to Aldridge at center because when we agreed on the having one center per team thing, even though they both were classified as power forwards for most of the decade, they are both very capable of playing center and um, have played center for stretches of seasons or their career. Um, like the last couple of seasons, of Lamarcus Aldridge has been a center. Um, and so I thought that it was fair game to put them both at center. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge, once again, I'm going to keep saying that longevity thing. I, to to avoid any doubts about me ha- having uh, discrepancies in logic and, or the reasons that I put people on lists, because I I know that as a pet peeve, a lot of people in the NBA community, um, I, I just wanted to use the same logic throughout. And that is that, if we're looking at 10 years, Lamarcus Aldridge accomplished a whole lot. He might not have had the same uh tippity top prime as a guy like Dwight Howard, but I mean, he's been a 20-point per game, like 20 and 10 guy basically for the vast majority of this decade. Like a- including this season as a pretty old guy.
1: Yeah. So I I originally had LaMarcus on my second team, but I swapped him last minute for Giannis just mm. because Giannis not only has four All Star appearances, including this year, but in my mind I have him winning a second MVP because he's the clear front runner right now. And no matter what happens, it's not like even if the season gets canceled, they're gonna award an MVP. So he's probably gonna have two. Um, and yeah. I understand that that's the stipulation, but the. The, the list of two-time NBA MVP award winners this decade are LeBron, Curry, and Giannis, going to be Giannis. And the other two guys are on the first team, and every other MVP yeah. here, every other MVP this decade is on the first or second team. And, and like, Westbrook only has one, and Giannis is going to have two, so.
0: To be honest with you, my my longevity argument gets uh questioned a little bit here because I, I i didn't count like i didn't i didn't use this season as like a second mvp for Giannis even though he would have won it um now if if we operate under the un, under the assumption that this is a second mvp season for Giannis, which it probably should be i like i guess if we're considering 2010 2011 to now um is one unit Two two NBA MVPs. Like I understand, it's two years. That's still like a sizable length of time. Now he only really showed out in like the second half of this decade. But I still think being an All Star for four years in a row and and having two two uh, MVPs at some point, it's like that is so much quality that it kind of has to override Lamarcus Aldridge's quantity being really stretched out, but not nearly as. Much. So, so if we're going to say that, that, that Giannis won the second MVP this year, then sure, I'm going to give it to him, actually, and put him over Lamarcus on my second team. Now, if it doesn't actually work, because I wouldn't say that Giannis is a center, so I can't do like a direct swap, um, I'd have to have more moving parts. But yeah, yeah in that case, Giannis yeah. probably does deserve just to go on center second team over Melo, probably.
1: And so I'm reflecting, if we're, if we're calling Lamarcus able to be a center, which I yeah. just forgot, you, you're in the right here. Just comparing Dwight Howard and Lamarcus. Lamarcus has seven all-stars. Dwight has four. Lamarcus has two-time all NBA second team, three time all-NBA third team. Dwight has two time first, one time second, one time third. So, so peak Dwight is is higher because he is he's two first teams. But yeah. Dwight, but Lamarcus has he he has one more defensive team. So, I don't know if that's longevity. Dwight also has one defensive player of the year, um, I believe, and he's made defensive team twice, I think. And so, I just think that not only is peak Dwight higher, I think you would probably agree with that, but yeah. I I also think that longevity isn't really that big of an issue because even though he has uh, – LaMarcus has three more all-stars, he only has one more all-NBA. So. That's why that's why I like Dwight Howard, but I understand why you do, uh, Lamarcus. Yeah. And then, yeah. so to summarize, my second team is Westbrook, CP3, Kawhi, Giannis, Dwight.
0: Um, mine is Westbrook, CP3, Melo, Kawhi, and Lamarcus, with
1: some maybe
0: mid thing okay. changes.
1: Okay, so this is third team got a little, little tricky. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'm just, I, even now I'm like, does this guy really deserve to be here? I have, <laughs> I, I have a guy sitting on my bench that I feel really bad not putting. Mm-hmm. Um, cause mm, it honestly, like, as we talk this out, I might, I might put him in, but my guards are Kyrie Irving and Kobe Bryant.
0: Hmm.
1: And yes. I know that, one, that when this list came out, I was like, Kobe does not deserve to be on this thing. Um, and then I looked back; he has six All Star appearances, but but one of them one is doesn't honorary, count, yeah. and, and and low key another one kind of doesn't count, but just because the fan vote. But he, he okay, so let's say he has five All Stars, but he is he is three first time All NBAs. That's so no what one I was going to say. Yeah, no first, one else. I,
0: the first three years of this decade, he had three all first team first-team All-NBAs. I don't think you can leave somebody off the list who is a
1: top-five NBA
0: player. Yeah,
1: if teams. I have Dwight Howard on the second team, i got to have Kobe on this thing because I'm trying to think of other people who have who, – who's the other person that has three All-NBA first teams? Kyrie doesn't. I'm looking at my other guys on, on the third team. They don't. And I'm looking on the second team. Like, I, Westbrook only has two. Yeah. Uh, C- CP3 only has now, has the same amount. He has three. The, the
0: reason that he he's not higher is that he had three first team All NBAs and was never an All NBA player after that again. Yeah. So he had, so, so those were his only All NBA teams of the decade. He he won cha- a championship the year before, but never made a conference finals this decade. He won. He made. Uh, he lost in the conference semifinals. I guess a couple of times. Um, so I also have him on my third team. I, I do Kyrie. I struggled that. I don't have Kyrie though.
1: I I Indeed. subbed him last minute. Yeah, I, I subbed him on last minute. Just he, he almost know, made it. Six all stars running, but yeah. six all stars. He's only made All NBA twice.
0: Yeah, and, and he's got the championship, so he's in there running. Um, but the person I put, which I'm a little bit surprised that you didn't have over Kyrie reading yourself, is Damon Lillard.
1: Really. Uh, are you look sure, at dude? look at
0: look it up right. Look it up right now. Go on basketball. I, reference. I have
1: his stats. I, don't, I the only thing I don't have is is all star appearances.
0: Five five time all star, four time All NBA. He's been All NBA first team once,
1: and All NBA second team once as well. I think. Um, no, he's he's been he's been first team once. He's been second team twice. He's uh, been third team once. So, uh, I'm switching it to, to Kyrie or <laughs> Damian
0: Lillard, right? I'm, yeah, no.
1: absolutely.
0: So I'm I'm a little bit surprised that you didn't have him because you are much more of a Demon
1: Alert fan than I am. Um Yeah, in my mind, I just cause the thing is I originally this is this again, okay, this is weird. I originally had Clay Thompson. Um I, dude, I I
0: <laughs> that's not even weird because he is not on anybody's lists. Look on ESPN, look anywhere. Nobody has him. First team, second team, third team, or like honorable mentions. Nobody puts him. And Right up until before this, I had him over Kobe, and then I looked at Kobe's All NBA, and I saw three All NBA first team. I thought it was like going to be like second, third, third, or something like that. Yeah. So originally, okay. I had, I was like,
1: okay. originally I had Clay and Kobe, and then but, I was but like, uh, so, but my thing for Kobe
0: for for Clay was like he was the second best player on th- uh, on, on two different championship teams, the third best player on one, um, great defender. There's a lot that goes beyond the stat sheet. Five-time Yeah. It's been great. This, this basically this whole decade and it's going to go down as one of the greatest shooters ever. Um, so he should be on here. But then I, yeah, I had to go with Kobe and I, I, I guess now you're, you're probably screaming at us. Where's Dwayne Wade. Um, yeah, he, I felt so bad not putting him on here. If you look at Dwayne Wade over the course of this decade, sure. He was good. Uh, I, the first year that LeBron showed up, Dwayne Wade was still Dwayne Wade. I'm not sure really any time after that he was like still really Dwayne Wade. Um, his legs kind of started to fall apart a little bit. Um, For
1: context, he was six-time All-Star, although two of them were kind one, yeah, one of fishy. The last one, one, of them the last is, one was yeah.
0: really an honorary one. And yeah, the yeah.
1: one before and, that is like... Was kind one, of honorary, too. The last was one was, like a like the last
0: dance. He and Dirk were the two, like, honorary ones. So, they, like, yeah. played in the game, but nobody, like, voted. Yeah, it was great. It was yeah. The and, one before and so, that was, like, we got to give it to Dwayne Wade because he's on his way out the door. And because he's Dwayne Wick. Yeah.
1: So, it's, like, it's low-key four, but let's, let's just call it five. Yeah. So, five All-Stars. Yeah, I, I, I think. one One second team and two third team. So That's, that's only three-time All-NBA, and it's the lower it's the lower parts, you know? I think
0: wh- – what. What well, you mentioned at the beginning of this was that when you're talking about the all-decade team, you shouldn't let what happened before or what's going to happen in the future impact what happened within this stretch of 10 years. I think Dwayne Wade benefited from being an all-time great and in, in an NBA legend. Um, and that sort of notion carrying over a little bit into this decade. Um, and so when LeBron showed up and Dwayne Wade started getting fewer touches, understandably, his numbers went down. But I think that people very easily use that. That's a very convenient excuse for saying, well, of course, Dwayne Wade's numbers went down because he, um, cause he's playing with LeBron James and Chris Bosch. I'm not sure that it was all just him playing with Wade and Chris Bosch. I think that sort of covers up a little bit disguises the fact that he was regressing over those years. Dwayne Wade was no longer an MVP caliber player, a scoring championship, uh, caliber player, best player on a championship team caliber player. Um need to remind you that only a couple years before Dwayne Wade was finals MVP on that team with Shaq. Um so I I think that Dwayne Wade certainly is close. I, I think that maybe I put him I think I put him above Clay Thompson. I don't put him above Damian Lillard or Kobe Bryant. Putting him above putting him below Damian Lillard is especially controversial. Um,
1: but you also have to keep in mind, Dwayne. Dwayne's a four-time All NBA player, which is more than more than D Wade in this decade. He's also getting another one this year, probably. You know, Damon Lillard. Yeah. yeah. So he's probably going to be yeah. five-time by the end of the decade.
0: Yeah, it it gets a little bit even yeah even more complicated when you start adding in this year because then like Anthony Davis is going to have one more right. Um, well, uh, like it gets it gets I mean, it complicates everything a little bit, but. And that was not something that I factored in. But Damian Lillard has been the definition of consistency um, in that the last one, two, three, four, five years, he's been a 25-point-per-game score, has always averaged above 19 points per game, including his rookie season, starting in 2012, 2013, going all the way up till now. What a goat, um, bro. Look at Lillard, man. When I'm talking about consistency, consistency, quantity over quality, things like that in this list, that logic... I kept emphasizing that over and over again because I knew that Damon Lillard was going to end up being the hottest take probably on my list, having um, him on here and not D-Wade. Uh, D-Wade D-da, or wait, Yeah. yeah. Uh, so there you go. I, th- those are my guards, but we got to get to the forwards and centers.
1: Yeah. So we we, we ended up having the same guards after I realized my fandom. Small forward, he he eked in for me and it's because of the it's because of the new york pride with Mello. Mm. i think for my power forward i have marcus aldridge who's just he's, he's a better choice than mellow Mello or marcus probably deserves to be on the second team most out of anyone on my third team so I, for my forwards i have mellow and, and aldridge the reason i kept mellow here we talked about it earlier it's only a two-time all-nba player and that's Honestly, the lowest on this list. It's tied with someone else on, on my list on the third team. So I just could not really justify it. Yeah. And Marcus Alders is a bucket. So there you go. What about you?
0: Word. Um. Uh, I talked about Giannis. I have him here, although I would probably change that considering second MVP this season, maybe. My other forward is Paul George. Um.
1: I did not. Have, I did not have Paul George. It, it, uh, I wasn't even really close to having Paul George. I don't know why. The. I, what I think,
0: what I think, I might have to change here, is that originally I had Blake Griffin here as my center, which leaves Dwight Howard nowhere on my three teams.
1: Honestly, like I it's, think it's understandable, but
0: I think I'm going to switch it so that I have. I'll super last minute change so that I have Blake Griffin as a forward and then Dwight Howard as my center. Um, so who Paul who George your list? Paul the couple oh, George. George. Okay. Paul George always felt like a little bit mediocre to be on here, to be honest with you. Um, as in like he's he's been very good the entire decade. Um he went toe to toe in the Easter conference finals with LeBron James and, and then as as recently as last year, uh, was, was top three in MVP voting. So he he certainly deserves to be in the conversation. He doesn't necessarily have the same accolades um or same numbers as a lot of the other guys on this list do though. Um I don't really like the Blake Griffin one uh, pick either. So so part of this is where this got tricky is like, I felt like on the third team, there's a lot of guys who just won't. I didn't love at all, like really putting them on the list. Um, yeah. I wasn't I, like excited about putting them on there. I wasn't like, yeah, they definitely deserve it. Mostly because I feel some guilt over not putting other guys on the list. Um, as in like, it, it feels a little bit wrong to me to have, not have Dirk when Dirk was, yeah, was the best player in the championship team for the first year of this decade, but after that, kind of fell off. Like, like yeah, I mean, his last season was probably 2018, and was not good for the three or four years before that. Um, so so yeah. Turk, sure he he basically had the the best moment of his career at the very beginning of the decade, and then kind of
1: it, 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 that was the end of it. Um, yeah, Tim, Tim Duncan not on the list. I know
0: Tim Duncan was also
1: very close, but honestly, even, I don't, even guys like deandre jordan who like loki has like three all nba first teams um he does you're like two i don't think least. all nba first yeah no, dude there was a season where it's like the nba just kind of like didn't really have centers and jordan just like got it over other guys <laughs> um uh even like rudy gobert dude i almost dude flight react is getting too bro. i almost said rudy gobert <laughs> <laughs> um, the, the gasol brothers are good yeah yeah there was just a lot of people and yeah. I felt so bad not having Blake Griffin on my list because I'm yeah. like, man, like, like he's like consistent. He like, he's like Mark LaMarcus Aldridge caliber. Like,
0: yeah. Like a he, little bit less, but the, like the one same idea,
1: just a bunch of all-stars,
0: a few all-in BA teams. So, yeah. So, so I'm going to go Blake Griffin and Dwight Howard here because I actually, the, the, I was pretty negative on Dwight Howard where you almost had Dwight Howard on your first team. I almost didn't have my list at all. Uh, the reason I didn't have him on here is I saw oh, wait, Dwight Howard only won one defensive player of the year this, year, this decade. So it wasn't like he won three defensive players of, of the Years this decade and then fell off. No, he was like – it was kind of right before this decade that he was really, like, taking off and then crash-landed pretty early on in the decade. In like Actually, super early on in the decade. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think – but he did have more all-NBA selections than I realized. Probably should have dove into that in my research a little bit more. So you sort of opened my eyes on that one. I feel like I should have Dwight Howard there at center – and that feels better because Blake Griffin at center doesn't even make that much sense anyway. He is less of a center than uh, Anthony Davis or Dula Marcus is. And so it was a stretch to be putting him there. Um, Blake Griffin, I don't I don't love over Dirk or Tim Duncan, for example, because, uh, because while, while sometimes consistent in the regular season, he's dealt with a lot of injuries and in lack of playoff success and stuff. Like there's a lot of criticism that you could make of Blake Griffin's career uh it's kind of been a little bit of a roller coaster and that like last season was crazy good and then this season like where is Blake Griffin um I don't know so so I'm not super thrilled with with the Blake Griffin selection but I still think he deserves to be on here
1: for an all-decade team if you see me biting my lip right now yeah because (laughs) my center is Draymond green
0: I, I I I can't call you crazy uh because I thought about it, but I, I, after after pretty close consideration, I was like, okay, I'm not gonna put Draymond over Dirk, or uh, <laughs> probably not over Tim Duncan,
1: or probably not over uh, maybe you DeAndre he's, Jordan. He, here's like, my thing: like he he's only a three time All Star. If if I was gonna make a change to my to my third team, I would slide LaMarcus Aldridge to the five, and then put in Blake Griffin. Hmm. I have Draymond in. Because even though he's only a three-time All Star, he's a two-time All NBA, one-time Defensive Defensive Player of the Year, and he has two other times where he was runner-up. Yeah. So he well, there, there, there was, up for Defensive Player of the Decade. Yeah, like, of course, yeah. so it's great. Yeah. You know, and yeah, so I think for that reason, and also as a, I, I said I didn't factor in winning that much. Winning was kind of like a tiebreaker for me. Mm, okay. And that makes so sense. He's what three rings, so. There you go. So, want to just go over our entire teams again?
0: Yes. Okay. All right. So You start, you start off, and I'll,
1: and I'll follow up. Okay. So, first team, we agree. Curry, Harden, LeBron, KD, Anthony Davis. Yep. Second, second team. Mine is Westbrook, Chris Paul, Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Dwight Howard.
0: I've got Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, Giannis, Kawhi, and
1: LaMarcus. Now, I changed that, but now that's what it looks like. Interesting. Out of the top 10, we only have one disparity. Hmm. It's very interesting. And then third team, Damien Lillard, Kobe Bryant, Carmelo Anthony, barely, LaMarcus Lamarcus Aldridge, and Draymond Green.
0: And then after some further changes, I've got Damien Lillard, Kobe Bryant, Dwight Howard, Carmelo Anthony, and Blake Griffin.
1: So we've we have three total differences. No. Three or four. I don't know. Uh it's it, we're pretty
0: close. Um yeah. and I think we did some convincing of each other. It, our list <laughs> yeah, probably did. would we have did. looked more different originally. Um but I guess that's how it works, right? That's that's that means we both made good cases. So hopefully this was a good episode.
1: Agreed. It was this is one of the more fun ones we've had, I think.
0: Yeah. It's a good way to, yeah. good way to spend the uh the hiatus we've got going on. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to Space Floor NBA Podcast. We hope you enjoyed. If you're listening on YouTube, like and subscribe, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, comment down below your all-NBA decade teams. Where did we mess up? Li- yeah, what did we mess up? I know <laughs> maybe I messed up on some things. Uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave a review and, and rate us. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Space the Floor Podcast and on Twitter at Space the Floor. And thank you so much for watching. My name is Connor Geelan. And I'm Connor Fluttery. And see you next time. Peace. Shout out Derek Rose. I feel like Mm -hmm. we should mention him.